Hello, my Rebels. And today's show, I'm going to quote about four different public opinion polls at you that will give you hope that the madness you see on TV is not approved of by people at home. I'll start with a poll out of Calgary showing that radical mayor is the lowest recorded popularity of any mayor in Calgary history. And then I'll show you a poll taken by Angus Reid who asked people... Is Islam a positive or negative force in public life in Canada? Incredible answers. I'll take you through that. But first, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. It's the video version of this podcast. It's eight bucks a month, which might not sound like a lot to you, but boy, it adds up for us. It's how we pay the bills because we don't take any money from Trudeau. Please go to rebelnewsplus.com and click subscribe. All right, here's today's show. Tonight, I think the public is getting sick of the Hamas hate marches, but Trudeau isn't. It's December 20th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. I've seen some public opinion polls that are interesting. I'd like to share them with you. There's a new poll out about the mayor of Calgary. The hard left-wing Gioti Gondek is her name. She's awful. You might remember one of the very first things she did after becoming mayor of Calgary, a city built on the oil and gas industry, is she declared a climate emergency. <laughs> what? Not a tax emergency or a homeless emergency or an unemployment emergency or a violence emergency on the streets. None of those are her top priorities. She didn't mention the climate emergency until after she was elected, of course. It's gone from bad to worse. Her obsession with censorship is very un-Canadian, very un-Calgarian. She's brought in laws, as you know, that are surely unconstitutional, banning peaceful protests against transgender extremism. And her police obediently follow through with this. It's so gross. Uh, the other day, police arrested two men for simply having a private personal conversation about transgenderism on the on the subway. They later dropped the charges against them, but only after lawyers from the Democracy Fund got involved. So it's true. She's been hated by Calgary Calgarians pretty much since the day she was elected. But there's a new poll out that captures in part the public reaction to her anti-Semitic decision to boycott the annual Jewish menorah lighting ceremony uh, for the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. It's a Calgary tradition that goes back a generation. I used to go as a kid. It's about as innocuous as can be. It's like lighting Christmas lights on a Christmas tree, but it's Jewish, uh, Jewish candelabra one night a year. It couldn't be more generic and friendly and family-ish. Gondek refused to go, but when the Jewish community leader said, look, can you just be quiet about it and not make a fuss about it. No way. She wanted to make a fuss. That was the whole point. She did the opposite. She put out a press release denouncing the menorah lighting as some sort of political statement in support of Israel and taking sides against Hamas. And so, of course, she would never take sides against Hamas. So, And she made a big fuss about it, very anti-Semitic, absolutely a dagger in the heart. Um, she put a press release um, basically saying that... Um, it was inappropriate <laughs> to, for the mayor of Cal It was just outrageous. It's almost like she doesn't like Jews. Or rather, it's almost like she can count. Calgary has maybe 10,000 Jews, but more than 100,000 Muslims. 
she did the math, I guess, and she knows where the votes are, but even that is gross. She assumes that the Muslim community itself wouldn't tolerate her being seen with Jews. She's so gross, Jody Gondek, isn't she? But here's, here's the good news about her, I mentioned. Even though that ideology is a perfect fit for Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party, it's thankfully not a perfect fit for Calgary. A new poll out shows the Calgarians disapprove of her by more than a two-to-one margin. Let me read it to you from, it's all over the news, I'll read it to you from Trudeau's CBC State Broadcaster. Think HQ's online survey of 1,138 Calgarians earlier this month shows the mayor's approval rating down six percentage points since the public relations firm last surveyed in June. 61% of those surveyed between December 5 and 11 said they disapprove of the mayor's performance 9% said they were unsure. And, and look at that bar graph there. Only 7% of people strongly approve of Gondek. I agree that there's a lot of reasons to dislike her, but her numbers have plunged in just the last month or so, uh, or two months, and the main news about her in that period of time is her boycott of the Jews of Calgary. And, and look at these new national polls. Here's my, uh, one of my favorite pollsters, the liberal firm called Abacus, uh, I like them because when they have bad news about the liberals, I can trust it because they like the liberals, so they're loath to say it. They're predicting 221 seats in parliament for the Conservative Party. That's up 17 from their last prediction. There's only 338 seats total. That would be a Canadian historical record if this poll came true. Others concur, if not quite to the same degree. A pollster named Innovative Research came out with these stats the other day, you can see them here, 205 seats for the Conservatives, and the Liberals cut down to just 63. I'm getting excited just reading these things. A new one by Main Street Research. I'm just showing you different pollsters, so you know it's not rogue. Boulder, 215 seats for the Conservatives, just 57 for the Liberals. Now, Trudeau can bide his time under our Constitution. He could theoretically last until 2026, as long as he could keep negotiating with Jagmeet Singh, who's got to be the weakest man in Canada. It's just astonishing. But let me show you another poll that delves into some issues, namely immigration. And let's talk about it, in, about Muslim immigration, too. This is a new one from Angus Reid. And I'm just going to show you the one question I find most interesting, okay? The question they ask is this. In your view... Would you say the overall presence of each of these in Canadian public life is benefiting or damaging Canada and Canadian society? And he asks about religion. So it's an interesting question. He doesn't ask if people ought to practice religions in their private lives. The question is specifically about the public square, which is a pretty good question when you think about it. And look at the answers now as opposed to when he asked these questions a year ago. Start on the left of the chart. Catholicism. I was surprised 31% of people think it's negative, which really surprised me. But then again, Justin Trudeau and the mainstream media has been at war with the Catholic Church for a generation, smearing it as anti-Indigenous, etc. And, and, and so that number is unchanged from last year. The number who say it's a net positive has fallen a bit from 26% to 22%. I find this sad because, of course, Catholicism is an enormous charitable force in the public square in Canada. How can more people think that Catholicism is bad than good? I, I'm troubled by that. Protestantism is the next denomination tested. Very few people object to Protestantism in the public square. 14% last year, 15% this year. No real change, I guess. Around 41 or 42% of people don't even have an opinion on the subject. 22 or 23% of people think um, 
it's negative, no real change. For Jews, 9% thought that Judaism was a negative force last year. That's now up to 13%, which is concerning. <clears throat> and I think it's a function of the anti-Israel and anti-Semitic propaganda in the Hamas war. The number who say Jews are a positive force, though, actually grew a bit from 23% to 25%. I think Jews have a big impact on society, certainly in certain fields, academia, science, the professions, and certainly in charities and charitable giving, but maybe I'm biased. But look at the last column. That's what I want to talk to you about. Islam. Last year, 29% of people told Angus Reid that Islam was a negative force in Canada. Now that number has skyrocketed to 43%. And the number who say that Islam is a positive force has plunged too, down from 18% to just 13%, the lowest for any religion. It's the least liked and the most disliked religion in Canada. And the number of undecideds is falling too. People are making up their minds. Why is this happening and why now? Well, I think the most important change in the past year happened two and a half months ago, the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel with torture and rape and the kidnapping of civilians, including women and children. There were so many terrifying images of torture and rape that were positively cheered, bragged about by Hamas, like this one. Hamas live streamed their crimes and bragged about it. And around the world, Muslim crowds cheered cheered the violence and the depravity. Hamas did not conquer a single square inch of land. It did not move itself any closer to success for its own people. It only inflicted a grievous wound on its sworn enemies, the Jews, especially women and children, but that's what they were cheering, the horror of it. And I think a lot of people noticed the nature of that and who was cheering. They noticed people pulling down pictures of the kidnapped women and children all around the West, those pictures of those kidnapped hostages. Who would pull down pictures like that? It would be like pulling down a picture of a lost child. Why would you do that? Some woke leftists, but a lot of new immigrants to Canada did, and even people who are not yet immigrants, who are just still foreign nationals here as our guests. And then week after week, as the Hamas hate marches were held in cities across Canada, people noticed too. They noticed the terrorist paraphernalia. The terrorist flags, it was hard not to notice. Ha! I mean, there were literally flags of banned terrorist groups being flown and, and women wearing machine gun earrings. And there were no arrests, which was really gross too. Palestinians sh shut down major roads, like the most important road in downtown Toronto, the Gardner Expressway. They shut down major bridges in Montreal. They blocked subways in Toronto. And just this week, they stormed into a mall, the Eaton Centre, shouting threats of murder at terrified Christmas shoppers. Put aside the cowardly reaction by police uh, and, for the moment, put aside the grotesque acceptance of this by politicians, 
from Jody Gondek and Justin Trudeau to the equally cowardly Doug Ford and city mayors like Olivia Chow. Remember, police are usually run by city police commissions and prosecutions are run by provincial justice departments. So where are the prosecutors here? People notice this. They notice the attacks on Jewish businesses, the swarming of Jewish restaurants just because they're Jews. That's not a Canadian way to express yourself to demonize Jews, to shout and shriek at Jews. And although I'd say 15 to 20% of the protesters in these big cities are woke, white leftists, you simply can't not notice that the vast majority of these thugs, these masked thugs threatening violence, are Muslim. Hamas is an explicitly Muslim organization, as is the Taliban and all the other terror groups whose flags are on our streets, and Canadians notice this. We notice, of course we notice, and we notice the double standard in policing. Not for a second did the peaceful truckers do anything like this. They didn't storm anything. They didn't threaten genocide of put just six feet under like that thug. They didn't trespass into private buildings. They were in trucks outside in the cold on the streets in front of parliament, parliament that was actually closed for renovations. They were in the cold honking their horns for a bit until a judge told them to stop honking, and then they stopped. Trudeau put the country under martial law for that. But you have Hamas hate marches, masked, threatening, calling for the genocide of Jews, and, and nothing, no one's stopping it. Trudeau voted with Hamas at the United Nations. Oh, and, and today, Hamas put out a video thanking him. Did you see this? The statement by Canada, Australia, and New Zealand backing sustainable ceasefire in Gaza. We welcome these developments and consider them in the right direction toward isolation, the fascist, fascist Israeli government globally, and ending the longer ever occupation in our modern time. Finally, we call all countries and the free people of the world to keep their momentum going to support, aid, and show solidarity with the Palestinian people by all possible and available means. That's a disgrace, but I bet you Trudeau's pretty excited about that. It'll shore up his Hamas vote. You know, in the last 90 days, Trudeau let in more than 400,000 new migrants to Canada, many of whom are Muslim, uh, almost none of whom were vetted in any meaningful way. They certainly weren't interviewed or met in person. I saw a statistic that there are now more than 1.7 million Muslims in Canada. There's barely 300,000 Jews. Trudeau can do the math, right? And he's willing to put up with anti-Semitism and support for terrorism and screaming in our streets if it means he wins the next election. A lot of politicians are doing that math too. And people can see all that. People don't like it. And I think peaceful Muslims shouldn't like it either. There are peaceful Muslims, of course. It's harder to spot them because they're not shouting at you. I still haven't seen a single mosque in the country, though, denounce Hamas without saying, but not one Muslim organization of note. And why should they? Trudeau doesn't say it. Canadians don't like this. And so they were asked about Islam, and they answer 43% say it's a negative force. If I were a Canadian Muslim, I would not like this. I would not want the face of the Muslim community to be those masked thugs. I would not want the voice of the community to shout threats in an Arabic accent. I wouldn't want Muslims in the name of Islam saying that Christmas is going to be canceled this year and terrifying kids going to see Santa in the mall.
Jesus was Palestinian. Jesus was Palestinian. But Trudeau loves all this. He loves the chaos. He loves his plan to bring in 1.6 million migrants this year. Do you think he cares about housing prices? He cares about disrupting the country and bringing in a million more liberal voters. The people are expressing their discontent in these polls. Who will be the political entrepreneurs to get ahead of it and to call for a reduction of mass immigration, especially for immigrants who are not a cultural fit with our values of peace, freedom, and pluralism? Or do we have to go so far down this road that we reach the crisis that the Netherlands and other European countries have? Here's what Geert Wilders, the winner of the Dutch elections, told me about that when I saw him a few weeks ago. What advice would you give to freedom-oriented conservative parties um, who are obviously afraid of losing um, the vote of uh, new, new immigrants? What, what, what advice would you have for Canada or the United Kingdom? Well, don't be afraid. Um, first, don't be afraid. A lot of people will support you. Secondly, it's a totally misconception that the immigrants would disagree because maybe for some people, surprisingly, the immigrants agree. Many of the immigrants agree. For in Holland, uh, many of the immigrants, even many Muslims, voted for my party because they know that when there is too much influx of immigration, that the integration and the success for them will only uh, diminish. So they also are in favor of less immigration. They know, they see what will happen with the housing, with the with the income, with the jobs, with everything. So surprisingly, it's not surprisingly, but surprisingly to many people, they are often our allies. They don't want uh, more immigrants to come as well. And the own voters, the indigenous people, they, uh, in, in a growing majority, also feel the same. So uh, don't be afraid to be political correct or incorrect. Uh, just state your mind. Uh, people believe I always make the comparison to one person's house. You know, you have to be able in your own house to decide who will be your guest and when the guest should leave. And this should, this should be your autonomous uh, and a nationwide and national decision. In Holland, most of it, we, we gave those powers to the European Union. Canada is a sovereign country. There is no European Union in Canada. So the Canadian government really can decide um, to um, close the borders for people they don't want to enter, like President Trump. Uh, did and is planning to do if he would win uh, next year by uh, uh, people from certain countries. So don't be afraid. Just do it and you will be surprised how many people support it, including uh, the um, um, immigrants themselves. Yeah, things are going to get worse. Stay with us for more. Well, the world is on fire in so many ways. There's the war between Israel and Hamas. There's the war between Russia and Ukraine. I see news today that Xi Jinping has told Joe Biden, just said to him, that he plans to conquer Taiwan by any means necessary. And that's just foreign affairs and war. Of course, the real concern for most Canadians, Americans, Brits, and many others around the West is inflation. And it's due to some of the same reasons in all the jurisdictions I just mentioned. The government printing money by the hundreds of billion or trillions of dollars 
basically shutting down the economy during the lockdowns and then juicing it with fake money. Well, of course, that's going to mean inflation takes root. And then add to it carbon taxes. And you heard them when I talked to Kurt Wilden's nitrogen taxes. They're taxing the elements in the periodical table as if a chemical, if you tax a chemical, the world will change. So all of these things, high housing prices, high grocery prices, high gas prices, it's tough to get ahead. I see that the average person in, can, in Canada won't even get into a house till they're almost 40. How do you start a family? I say all this because the world is on fire. And what's the last thing we need? Well, let me read to you a headline from our friends at the Taxpayers Federation. I'm sorry to do this to you folks because it'll put you in a tailspin of depression. The headline is simply, more federal tax hikes in 2024. Are you serious? Serious as a heart attack. And joining us now to talk about it is our friend Chris Sims, the Alberta director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Chris, good to see you again. Although you bring with us bad news, I should have known. But according to your calculations, taxes on Canadians are going up by thousands of dollars in the new year. Tell me the details. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, we're the bearer of bad news. We wish we weren't. So the big one, let's start with the big one, Ezra, is, of course, the carbon tax. This is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's baby, and he just loves it. It's a mandatory minimum carbon tax. It's applied now across the country, including in the maritime provinces, which caused a bit of a dust up a few weeks ago, and he's cranking it up. So as of right now, if you went outside and filled up your vehicle with gasoline, it would cost you 14 cents extra per liter just in the carbon tax. He's going to crank that up to 17 cents per liter. Now, even if you don't drive, I guarantee everybody watching eats and uses things. So yeah. trucks bring all of our groceries and all of our supplies. And trucks, those big rigs, they run on diesel. The carbon tax on diesel is going up to 21 cents per liter. So this is really eye-watering. If you're filling up a couple of those tanks on a big rig truck, mm -hmm. it's about $160, $170 extra just in this carbon tax. Yeah. yeah, and that's where the inflation comes from. You can't say you're fighting inflation when you're printing money like a madman and then jacking up a tax on literally everything. I was, I'm looking at your press release here. <laughs> you know, you just talked about the carbon tax, which is atrocious. Uh, they have one called the alcohol escalator tax. And I, for a second, I thought that means you can't, if you take a beer on an escalator, <laughs> you know, they'll charge you extra, but it's even worse than that. Tell me about this alcohol escalator tax. Uh, what, what's that all about? Yeah, it sounded like one of those antiquated laws where, you know, you can't trade a penny on a moving train or something. <laughs> no, right. uh, <laughs> it just means it goes up automatically, which is a real kick in the teeth, because this means that members of parliament don't need to have the guts to kind of show up to the House of Commons, maybe on Zoom, maybe not, and vote to increase your alcohol taxes. No, it's locked in. It goes up and up and up every single year. And it's supposed to be by the rate of inflation. And so the rate of inflation is terrible right now. A lot of folks may not realize this, but if you purchase beer, around 50%, five zero, half of that is taxes. Yeah. If you're drinking a glass of wine or a box of wine, hopefully with a friend, uh, that's around 75% taxes. Right. And if you're using liquor, like spirits, like whiskey and vodka, 
it's already 80% taxes. Yeah. It's really eye-watering. And unfortunately, our taxes on alcohol are automatically going up again next year. That's 100 million bucks a year right there, according to your release. Yep. And there's one more tax, and, and it's the worst because it's, it is literally a tax on jobs. And that's the payroll taxes. What's up for that? Those are the things that are deducted from your employer and from your paycheck every month. You you know what? I remember when I graduated from university and I was this right wing guy in class and I would always argue with my other students. And the first time, the first time I bumped into my classmates after we all graduated and worked, they were just shocked because they thought they were going to be making this salary here that they had negotiated. But they looked at their paycheck and they were getting this salary here, they had never, they had never stepped outside the bubble of unreality, and it was amazing. And it all it took was two weeks to turn these uh, socialists that I had sparred with in university into uh, fire-breathing capitalists, just because they felt robbed. Well, that's going up again. And forget you, and and those were, you know, those were baby lawyers, so don't have too much sympathy for them. But these CPP <laughs> and EI taxes, that's. That's on everyone. That is on blue-collar jobs. That's on service jobs. That is, I mean, maybe we shouldn't spare any sympathy for lawyers. They can afford it. But this is on everybody, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's not just on the workers themselves. As you pointed out, it's on the employers. It's on the job creators. You know, this is, you know, Ayn Rand's nightmare where they're just increasing payroll taxes for the punishment of what? Employing people, being productive. And so this is usually referred to as CPP, but they are payroll taxes. Uh, some bureaucrats try to jump up and down and say it's not a tax. Well, right on the Government of Canada website. They're listed as payroll taxes. And you can't opt out of them, and the government forces them on you. So, sorry, that's a tax. That's unfortunately going up as well. And this is weird. There's a special new secondary CPP, and it's kind of strange, and they've got this weird formula, Ezra, and it's only affecting people who earn between like $68,000 and $72,000. Mm. We don't yet know why this weird window, this weird bubble bracket is existing for this new CPP.2, but it's there for next year. So it's definitely something we're investigating. At the end of the day, you're going to have more coming off of your paycheck in payroll taxes in 2024. Let me read from your press release for workers making $73,200 or more. And by the way, you can't even live on that in no. Vancouver or Toronto uh, if you're living in a house or renting. So so that's not even an impressive number. That's I would even dare say, if you've got a family, that's working poor. And I know it that is. sounds astounding to call $73,000 working poor. If you are in Toronto, Vancouver, or other cities where housing Housing's going to take that whole chunk. Here's what you say. For workers making $73,000 or more, federal payroll taxes will cost them $5,104. So that's not even income tax. That's not even HST or GST. That's just for the privilege of working. They're knocking you down five grand. And by the way, they're socking your employer with five grand. That is 10 grand that you have to pay taken right off your paycheck. I don't know. It's it's a war on people. And I see Trudeau trying out, like, oh, you're Trump, you're MAGA extremists. It's so pitiful. What on earth? You, I, and I just don't want to believe that any real person in Canada, especially a young person who's thinking, what? why are you talking about Donald Trump? Can you please tell me why I can't keep the money I earn? Can you please tell me how I'm going to be able to pay rent or buy a house one day? Oh, 
and Trudeau says, well, let me tell you about the scary Donald Trump. It's just so disconnected from real life. Last word to you, Chris. I agree, Ezra. It's really gross. And for those of us who've worked in Ottawa, uh, we remember that it can become a bubble. And politicians and bureaucrats can live in that bubble and forget how real people live. Unfortunately, we also have a prime minister who's a king of a bubble. Yeah. He's never had to balance a checkbook or pay a bill in his life. Right. So he doesn't understand what it is to truly fight to make ends meet. And he's jacking your taxes up. Yeah, you know what? I said that was the last point, but I want to throw one more thing that just jumped into my head. Christia Freeland was asked a surprise question that she was not ready for, which was, how has the cost of living affected you in your real life? Uh-oh, she wasn't briefed on that. And you can see her start to get into her word salad fog machine talk, but she was thinking, 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 thinking. And and the only thing that came to mind was, well, there's a, a soup kitchen uh, near me that's, that is worse than ever. And that is, I suppose, an answer. It's true. Uh, there's more people going to food banks, more homeless people than ever, and it is uh, directly um, contributed to by the cost of living and cost of everything. But it's also not an answer to how has it affected you, because it is a fact that Christian Freeland, like the rest of the cabinet, has a limousine driver, and she doesn't pay the gas. And they have subsidized everything, and they have automatic increases. Every April Fool's Day, the MPs give themselves an automatic raise, and the senators too. And the fact is, she could not say a single way in which nope. real life penetrates her bubble. Here, take a look at this video. What example, not an announcement, what example can you share that would illustrate that you understand the, the pain in the pinch that Canadians are feeling at the grocery store when they're doing budgets? You know, how does it look in the Freeland household when we're in a cost of living crisis? Well, you know, Anne-Marie, I think the thing that, like, in my regular life uh, brings the challenge home the most personally to me is that my church, which is around the corner from my house, just up the street from us here, uh, the Church of the Messiah, uh, has a food bank every Wednesday. And the lines have been getting longer. And that is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that we have food banks in Canada. And it's really heartbreaking um, to see that people really need them. Yeah, Christy Freeland, she was the woman who said, ah, if, it's in, if inflation's tough, just don't watch Disney Plus, guys. I mean, stop, stop living it up. Don't watch Disney Plus and you'll be okay. Really? Uh, not with a $5,000 payroll tax on I me. Mean, Chris, keep up the good fight. You guys are the good guys. I love talking to you. Your colleague, Franco Terrazano, he's got high energy. You guys are all <laughs> high energy advocates for the taxpayers because you don't take a dime from Trudeau. That's why I trust you. Thanks, Ezra. Likewise. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right. You too. Cheers. There you have it. Chris Sims, the Alberta Director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Stay with us. More ahead. Hey, welcome back to your letters to me. Howard Tenenbaum says, if you listen to enough interviews of protesters when they stop shouting their mindless chants, you'll find that the majority have no idea what they're pr protesting about. It's absolutely stunning and not surprising. And the violent nature or aggressive nature of the protests is such that there's no question that these non-peaceful demonstrations should be shut down. They know so very little. And in fact, we did... Uh, uh, we, we showed a video from our Australian uh, journalist, uh, Avi Amini, who had a friend down there who went sort of undercover to a protest in Australia and asked basic questions like, where is Gaza? 
what does it border? When they say from the river to the sea, what do they mean? Here's just an excerpt from that. Which um, country does Israel border? Uh, Egypt? I don't think so, no. I have no idea. Um, you're asking me a hard question now. <laughs> what does this chant from the river to the sea actually mean? From the river to the sea, it was always Palestine. It belonged to Palestine. The whole, the whole uh, land? Exactly, the whole land. I support a one-state solution. Uh, and that, that, is, that is a, that's a one-Palestinian solution. It's really important that people understand the meaning behind that. So dismantling the Zionist state of Israel? Correct. Under Palestinian Arab sovereignty, and that includes Tel Aviv, and uh, no Jewish state. Yes. I don't understand it too much. I've actually, this is the first time I've heard that phrase. So I don't know a whole lot about it, but from what I can understand, Israel certainly, isn't it on the Black Sea? It's not even on the Mediterranean, right? Israel? Yeah. It's on the Black Sea, no? The Black Sea? Yeah, right? From the sea is the Mediterranean, and from the river to the Euphrates. The, the Jews have the two lines to right. They went from river to river, right? Right. So it's called the Great of Israel. Right. They want to expand from the Euphrates River to the Nile River. Right. right? It ain't gonna fucking happen, man. Right. They're stuck in Palestine. Iran won't allow it. Right. We got them stuck in yeah. Palestine and South Lebanon and we'll destroy them there. From which river to which sea? From the river to the sea. From, yeah. From which river? Euphrates River? Yeah, I believe that's the one, yeah. To the, to the Black Sea? To the, isn't it the Jordan Sea? Yeah, they don't really care about the details. But then again, I put it to you, you go to an environmentalist rally, they don't care about the details. You go to a Black Lives Matter rally, an I Don't Know More rally, you go to an Antifa rally, they don't really care about the details. All they care about is the revolution. The issue isn't the issue. The revolution is the issue. Bitcoin champion, champion says, these days you can tell what side the government is funding by who the police allow to break the law. You are exactly right. And look at them stand by while that thug threatened people again and again. Jeff Spicoli says the good news is that this will wake up complacent Canadians to the immigration policy of this liberal government. Yeah, maybe. You know, I'm constantly stunned by the level of tolerance people have for insanity. I've been thinking about David Menzies' series on transgenderism, especially this 50-year-old transgender man who's competing against 13-year-old girls and then going into the change room and getting dressed and changed in, in the girls' locker room, not in the women's change room, the girls' locker room. And I think, where are the mama bears? Where are the dads protecting their own daughters? Forget about politics. Just where's your parental instinct, your protective instinct? And they say, well, that's how it is. I don't want to make a fuss. I, I don't want someone to be mad at me. So I'm constantly shocked by how much people will tolerate. And that is our Canadian way, isn't it? We um, did not have a freedom revolution to birth our country like the Americans did. And I'm afraid we have that passive gene in us. Well, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. And keep fighting for freedom. Mm -hmm.